Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the BMCast. Not a podcast that leaks all of cards that will be an Amicat remastered by digging through Arena source code, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I'm Scott and I'm joined by the Tron Queen herself, Emma. How are you doing this week? I am currently melting. So for context, it is 35 degrees Celsius in my town in England, uh, which equates to about 95 in, in uh, Fahrenheit, just for the, for the American audience out there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm slowly turning into a puddle and hopefully I will survive this ridiculous <laughs> heat wave. But otherwise, I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Here in Ireland, it is about 26 degrees uh, Celsius, so it's uh, not as bad, but I'm still melting because I have absolutely no heat tolerance whatsoever. Oh, same. Uh, Also worth noting to our American friends that uh, we don't have air conditioning here. It just doesn't exist. It's not a thing, so... It's like a luxury. Like, you get, you know, either higher-end houses or in places of work. It's not really a standard Mm. feature in housing, so... Currently, we are all really, really warm. Yes, we're all very, very much dying off here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> other than other than sweating profusely, I'm good. I'm I'm building Utron or Bluetron. Um, I was talking about this last week. I I started to become obsessed with it, and uh, yeah, I started to commit to it. I've bought some of the cards, even though I'm not going to be playing in paper anytime soon. I'm just I'm just like this. I don't know why, but I am. And then I started to assemble and put together all my pauper decks, and it turns out I've got more than I thought. I've got, I think it's nine now. That's what I expect to hear from someone who likes pauper. They never have one. They have about 10 or 12. Same goes for commander, Mm. actually. I don't think I've ever met a commander player that just has one deck. They normally have like five on the go. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I wouldn't even consider myself a commander player, and I've got like three. There, you know, see, so, there we go. <laughs> um, I've also been playing a good bit more Slay the Spire recently because uh, Ooh, I it's love nice. Slay the Spire. Yeah, it's good. I, it's nice to take a bit of a break from from Magic from time to time. And uh, like, let's be real, it's not even that much of a break. Like, you still have mana and you still have taking turns. You know, and it's ridiculously hard. Yeah, it's complicated. There are right lines and so on and so forth, and there are competitive choices and this and that and percentages and yeah. Who's, who's your favourite class, I guess, is the term? When I when I started playing, I, I really loved the silent. I really mm. loved the silent because, you know, just getting to cast loads and loads of spells, like shiv builds and stuff where you just get lots yeah. of like zero mana spells that deal damage and stuff. Um, that's really, really cool. Recently, and again, this is kind of like the way I like mono black control and pauper. Like it's a mid-range deck, even though I love combo and tempo. I really oh. love the Ironclad recently. Ooh, same. I've been uh, really enjoying that. To any people that don't, haven't played Slade the Spire yet, um, sorry for you not understanding this, but go and play Slade the Spire, and you're welcome. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's also on, I believe it just came out on iOS as well, so you can play it on your phone. <sighs> just waiting it's for dangerous. it to come out on Android. Yeah, same here. <laughs> no, it's great. And the other thing I was doing this week is re-sleeving is it phoenix for pioneer <gasps> yeah there's a good reason for this it's a it's a beautiful little segue into what we're actually doing this week now i know we said last week that this week will be the hundred dollar modern color challenge for red and well it's not <laughs> we had a we had a surprise ban announcement on monday just gone and um very very importantly not an emergency ban a surprise ban yeah 
this is what they claim anyway. But we had a big shakeup in a number of formats. Most specifically, I think, to, to our listeners and to ourselves, Pioneer, but also Standard and Historic took some big hits as well. So let's jump into it, shall we? Yeah, let's. It's, it's interesting because I don't think anyone was expecting these bands. And as you say, it's not an emergency band, but it's just like slam, bam, you know, once he got the chair out and just smacked all these, you know, problem cards away. Um, without really any indication or any like pre-announcement which is something what's he tend to do so it sounds like they're trying something different and it's interesting to see if they go ahead with this so I'll start with standard you know Mm. the the format that pretty much no one's playing at the moment Um, that might change now given the bands that have happened so in standard we have seen Wilderness Reclamation Growth Spiral Teferi Time Raveler and Cauldron Familiar all banned in that format, which is huge. Mm. My initial thought is great, fantastic. I'd love the, I yeah. love the idea of playing a format that doesn't have Teferi in it. I don't have to play around it. I don't have to think, oh, geez, mm-hmm. turn three Teferi, that means I can't play, play yeah. Magic. What, what are your thoughts on the standard banning? I imagine you're quite excited. I, yeah, I'm very, very excited. I... Standard was my first love. Uh, as much as I keep trying to move away from it, it's 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 like a, a weird toxic relationship. I keep trying to move away from Standard, but it keeps pulling me back in one way or another. And I thought that with Teferi in the format and Wilderness Reclamation just getting such a vice grip on the format that it, eventually I might be able to actually break away from it. And I thought I did, and I thought I was able to do it. But no, there we go. What's he going swinging the band hammer? And I'm right back into it because... Yeah. To be perfectly honest, and I have made no qualms about this, my most hated card of all time is Teferi Time Raveler. Of all time. Like, there are no exceptions to that. Absolutely goes against everything that I enjoy doing in Magic. Yeah, so to to not be able to come up against that guaranteed ever anymore is... No, it's chef's kiss. It's just the best. It's so, so good. There are, And the, I was only saying this to you before we started the, the recording there as well, that... Teferi Time Raveler has warped my concept of deck building, yeah. like, horrifically. Like, when I go to build decks in Arena, there are swathes of cards that I just don't even consider. Like, they don't even enter my mind because I've thought them out of my brain because they just can't be played with Teferi Time Raveler. You know, stuff like the like the RAL combo, you know, with the expansion yeah. explosion, that kind of thing, or just most counter spells. Or, you know, like things that are that are good at instant speed, but at sorcery speed, it'd be bad, you know. That so, kind of removal. Thing. So, like... Yeah, yeah, a lot of things like that are, are creatures that don't immediately impact the battlefield yeah. in particular. You know, like the, what was the, the, the new green mythic from, from Corset, the Elder Gargaroth? Oh yeah, that like that's sweet. That's literally unplayable with, with Teferi in the format, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm sure some other people will, will argue otherwise, but I, there's no way I'm playing like a six or seven minute mythic that does nothing but it enters the battlefield, past turn, and then they literally just go Teferi minus draw a card. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you time walked me for three mana and with a planeswalker with a static ability and it replaced itself? Yeah. No. No, you can't, like, you can't play with those cards when that stuff exists. Now, with that said, I'm aware that like Brazen Borrower and stuff still exists, but that's a little bit different. It doesn't stop you from doing stuff at like instant speed or anything like that, you know. So Yeah, I think the issue with Teferi was just that passive ability, just being able to shut down the opponent mm-hmm. and keep playing, yeah, cool, I play this planeswalker, you you have to deal with it on your turn, which is essentially yeah. a time walk. And it's just it's just a big feel bad, isn't it? And also the fact yeah. it's free mana is really just obnoxious. If it was like four or five, I could probably be okay with it. But the fact it's just so yeah. aggressively costed is my biggest issue with the card. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of people even said over over time that if some of the abilities and stuff were switched around on it, mm. to like say like if the static and the and the plus one ability were switched, so your opponent can't interact only when you tick up. Mm. So that means if you tick down, that you can still interact and stuff. But that's just not how it is. So yeah. uh, it's an egregious card. I personally think it should just be absolutely deleted from magic if if you like this card i'm sorry we, we can never be friends <laughs> that's not true but yeah you know. um yeah so one i am surprised about is growth spiral i wasn't expecting a growth spiral ban a reclamation i get because mm. reclamation has been a feature of standard since it was printed early last year which is an indication of how you know how much impact it's had in the format um yeah growth spiral is yeah. an interesting one i wasn't expecting this one to be honest I think I think it's to help weaken strategies that are looking to accelerate their mana because the likes of Ugin and stuff exist now mm. in standard. You want to be able to reduce the consistency at which you hit an Ugin on say turn four. Yeah. So I can I can see this being being banned as as a reasonable response for that kind of thing because like if wilderness reclamation and stuff is to disappear and growth spiral and stuff is to stay in the format, you'll just see band ramp. Yeah. And I'll just go. All the way up into playing Ugans and maybe even Crises again. or I think or that's the argument to why Cauldron Familiar is also banned. Because if you're removing Reclamation and Bant Ramp from the from the standard metagame, then just the sack decks become prevalent. So I feel like mm. that was just a hedge on that. It's very similar to when Microsoft Lattice was banned, when Hogak and Faith of Suiting went. Basically, they banned Microsoft Lattice as a response mm. to going, yeah, this is going to be the most, we think this is going to be the most powerful strategy or the most powerful win condition in the format. We preemptively banned it just to balance the metagame and, and not, you know, have this issue three, four months later on. Yeah. I think a slight difference with it was they made reasoning that it wasn't going to contribute anything positive to the format. So just to be sure, in case it gets absolutely busted, they were just getting rid of it. So yeah. I, I kind of agree with that on Calder Familiar, but I also feel that because we're in digital time like this at the moment, where barely anyone's playing paper and we're all playing digital, playing Calder Familiar with the cat oven combo and the amount of clicks that you have to go through in order yeah. to do that, like if you're playing against that, it it's not that it feels bad. It's just it's it's aggravating. It takes so long to do so little, but they can do it and they they should do it because it's the right thing to do or it's the best thing to do or whatever but it takes so many clicks yeah. to go through and you're just sitting there waiting you know and the playing with your food isn't it it's not it's not exciting for someone to watch as in the audience it's like kci mm. to an extent i guess but it's just a lot of intricate lines and repetitive gameplay yeah yeah the, the number of actions that you have to take in order to to get anywhere is is pretty high with, with those kind of strategies so yeah well that's the bands in standard anyway i think what's going to be good like a lot of people have immediately jumped to say like team or adventures mm. because it's just like all of the good cards in eldrain that weren't banned yeah. basically so you know you've got your you've got your edge walling keepers and you got your lucky clovers to either draw cards off your adventure creatures or double your adventure spells and the fact that all of your spells are two for ones basically and then nearly everything else in the deck is just ridiculously good value or good quality cards like it's it's not a bad place to start at all I agree. same with like the the sultai mid-range and ramp and stuff it's just uro plus good cards and nissa mm. you know like you can't really go wrong oh yeah because uh, uro is still legal and standard yeah yeah <laughs> uro is still legal everywhere we might get to that later <laughs> yeah for sure um if yeah. i was to pick up standard in this new meta game i think my mm. Uh, mantra is if if in doubt go aggro 
So anytime the metagame changes or there's a new set out and people want to try new cards and so forth. Um, I just tend Mm -hmm. to default to aggro because that's just plainly like the easiest way to grab wins and people aren't often prepared for it. Um, So I would go for something like mono black aggro in standard um, with like Regisaurs and Knight of the Ebon Legions and Rankles and just go sideways. Uh, it also okay. it also finished in the finals of the PT finals not too long ago, so it it's decent in a reclamation meta. So I mm. think it would be decent in a non reclamation meta, and you just go sideways, have a little bit of disruption. You got stuff like agonizing remorse and heartless act, just to mm. uh, carve away uh, threats and yeah, just go aggro. Otherwise, mono red's also good because ember cleave is also mm. still legal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably where I would go if I was to go aggro. Yeah. If you're turning things sideways, cleaving something is the yeah probably um, the best thing you could do. Mono red's proven just to be really good, so I yeah. I think if I was going into a standard format blind for like a SCG arena open, for example, I would just play mono red yeah. as a safe hedge because Ember Cleave is so good. It is very very good mm. indeed. Yeah, if I was to, if I was to play without without any budget restrictions, I would go Team of Adventures. If I had to put a budget restriction on it, though, there's a list that I'm actually going to put in the show notes. Golgari Adventures. It's a list that I was toying around with. Uh, it's not perfect right now, but the list that I have is rotation proof, which is very important because as much as the metagame is shaking up right now, we're also about to lose four entire sets. So, yes. like, if you were looking to get a deck that it's just solid and wants to take you through the next couple of months. Uh, it's Golgari Adventures. It uses the same stuff like Lucky Clover and Edgewall and Keeper. Um, but the adventure creatures are slightly different. So we still have the Beanstalk Giant and Lovestruck Beast. But you run stuff like Murderous Rider. So you have uh, plenty of removal and you can double up on your removal and stuff. Um, there's also Order of Midnight, which the Alter Fate yeah. sorcery adventure that's on it. If you have a Lucky Clover, you can get back multiple creatures. So there's a lot of recursion going on there. And it has like a sub theme of knights. So it runs like Black Lance Paragon and like Felmire Knight and stuff as well. And that way you get to run Smitten Swordmaster, mm. which uh, the, the adventure spell on that, fondly known to myself as Curry Flavor, is, uh, <laughs> is, is basically just a massive drain. Yeah. Like, depending on how many knights you have. So, and if you have Lucky Clovers, like, you can double or triple or even quadruple the damage on it. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fun. I played this for a good while in paper before the old the old Rona rocked up yeah. and, uh, and took paper away from us. So, uh, yeah, and it's really, really cheap because you don't have to buy any Overgrown Tombs because they're going to be rotating. Yes. So, the whole thing's like $50. That is really cheap is for a standard deck. You can't go wrong. Pretty solid for a standard deck, all right, yeah. But... That is standard. We don't have a whole lot on historic. It's, it's somewhat similar to yeah. standard in terms of bands, anyway. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I don't really follow historic as deeply as you do, but I'm not surprised mm. to see these suspensions. So historic is one of the few formats that has a suspension system. So yeah, they will it's, su- it's it's banning cards, but without giving you the wild cards, basically. This is it. Yeah. Um, so in historic, we've seen wilderness reclamation and Teferi time rabbler suspended in historic, which is fantastic because mm. it means we don't have to play against those cards in that format either. Hooray! Yeah. Um, however, I suspect it won't change much because everyone's just playing goblins from the sound of it. 
Yeah, well, there's there's two sort of red flags on the format right now, and that's Muxus in Goblins, like you said, mm-hmm. um, which is basically like another Winota or Etherworks Marvel kind of deck yeah. now at this point. Um, but also, Field of the Dead was on the suspended list, was taken off like a couple of months ago, and to be perfectly honest, it's it's still gross, it's still horrible. You still can't really play mid range aggro can't really actually even fight it anymore now because mm. not only is there growth spiral in the format but there's also explore so you're yeah. just turboing lands out Ugh. and uh, you're going to just start making zombies so quickly and it, it like those kind of decks just run a bunch of sweepers anyway so they just go like on turn three or four just a languish or a shadow of the sky or whatever whatever splash color you're running mm. and then just generate a bunch of zombies or grind out over time like it's not good. It's not good. I've got to be honest. If I if I was to recommend something for historic, it would be to not touch it for a while. Yes, <laughs> that's what I would say. But if you really want to play something, play goblins because it's great. I'm biased because yeah. I, I really like I really like the design on Muxus. I know it's really powerful at the moment, but I, I mm. kind of is excited to see it from a commander perspective. So I think it's a really fun build around for commander. Yeah, weirdly, I think the best format that it can fit into constructed wise, so outside <laughs> of singleton formats, is probably modern even though it's not legal in modern yeah. um, because in legacy it's probably going to be a little too good like people have started playing goblins again in legacy um slight tangent here but you know yeah. whichever yeah so they're they're just turboing out uh, muxus and just like winning the game on the spot in modern it's a little harder to get to the six mana like sure you have skirk prospector and stuff but you don't have the moxon and stuff that legacy mm-hmm. has access to or the soul lands and that kind of thing so it's a little harder to get to it so i think there is a pretty reasonable power balance where it would feel okay like if you did lose to a Muxus, it's like well i had time to kill them and i just yeah. didn't you know it's a weird one it's a weird one definitely if you want to play goblins in historic do uh you'll enjoy a whole like five games and they will be great they yeah. will be great games but then you're going to regret spending your wild cards because you know it's going to be banned you can feel it in your soul when you mm. play it. you're like this can't last <laughs> it's like a fleeting romance it's like this can't last forever <laughs> surely uh. but uh yeah that's pretty much it on historic and i don't have a whole lot to say on it right now um. I've, I've kind of been away from it for a bit mostly because of the next one yes. the big one this is the one I am super happy about. And although it's taken Watsy forever to deal with it, I'm happy they've dealt with it. And um, so we go to Pioneer. And the Pioneer oh, yeah. update is as follows. Invera Truth is banned. Kethis, the Hidden Hand, is banned. Walking Ballista is banned. And also Underworld Breach is banned. Bye bye combo. Mm-hmm. Thumbs yeah. up. For the for the most part. All the all the top ones, all the top ones for sure are definitely gone. Thank I, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as the the combo player out of the two of us here, mm. I personally am actually quite happy to see a lot of the the top decks get nuked because, like, it, it was super stale. It was absolutely stale. So not fun. And I think the issue I have with it is why couldn't they bring this up two weeks ago when they banned Oath of Nissa? What what has changed in that two weeks to to go? Oh yeah, we need to ban all these problem combo cards. I think the timing of it bothers me because they could have mm. done this months ago and perhaps saved the format. I'm not sure if Pioneer is dead, but it doesn't really bode well for a format that hasn't been around for a year yet. So Yeah, thankfully, it seems a hell of a lot more people are playing Pioneer now. Yes. Not to give them 
you know, reasoning or, or to help explain their way out of their choices for bannings or unbannings or whatever. But I would imagine that they probably saw within that week or two weeks where they unbanned out of Nissa that basically nothing changed and they went, okay, that won't do it. Right. Okay, fine. Take the hammer out. You know, I think that's probably what happened. They they unbanned out of Nissa and go, oh, sweet, there's another combo deck in the format because you play Kefis combo, which runs out of Nissa. And it's just like, I I don't think that was the intention, but it's just like, Mm. I don't think you can just let this slide. Yeah. Now... I'm going to I'm going to do a mini rant, okay? Cool. It's going to be very very it. small. So we brought back rant of the week as a <laughs> as a special one off because the NR update. Oh god! Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm getting the rant engine ready. My main thing on this, okay, is Inverter of Truth. Great call. Yeah. Uh, Cat is the hidden hand. I personally think great call. However, I think they could have left it for a little bit just to be sure. However, we also don't have the data that they have, so we don't know for sure. Walking Ballista, I think, is going to be overall a net positive for the format. Although, to break up the Heliod Ballista combo, I would have sooner seen Heliod go away. However, I understand why they didn't, because it's a recent mythic, and if you were to open it in a pack now, even though we're not really opening packs at the moment all that much, then it would kind of feel bad. And then Underworld Breach, personally, I don't think it was a good idea to get rid of this, personally. Now, I know a lot of people will complain about this, but my main reasoning for this is there are two very distinct types of combo decks here. Okay, there is two card combos that just slot into decks and have a threat of activation. And then there are engine combos. Okay, so the engine combos here are the Underworld Breach and the Kethys, the Hidden Hand. In order for you to have those combo decks and for them to work and be good, you need to build your deck around it. This needs to be a well-oiled machine. It needs a skilled pilot. It needs reps. It needs practice. It needs all sorts. Inverter of Truth is just a blue-black control deck that just sometimes goes, oh, lol, I win. The same with the, the Helio Ballista, the Mono White Devotion. It just plays out all these, like, derpy creatures that you know you can't tap out at any point because you're like well if they play one part of the combo and then they play the other part then i'm dead you know so you'll see people playing like they'll, they'll play out like the the arc in a cell or they'll play out the like a Traven inspector or whatever and you can't counter it or you can't kill it or whatever because if i do that then they could very easily like post combat or whatever just play the other half of the combo win on the spot and then you've you've already used your interaction so you feel like a lot of the time playing against those decks you can't interact with their fair game because you're afraid of their unfair game and that is not healthy that is not healthy for any format splinter twin apologists will disagree on this but i'm sorry they're rancid for formats they're not good they do not in fact actually promote interaction they promote a specific kind of interaction and only to interact on an unfair level when it comes to the engine decks, they have really, really good game one, generally speaking. They have really, really good game one. They're a class cannon, though. So if you can disrupt them, they're, they're borked. Like, they'll take a while to recover, or they'll just be, in the case of the Kiatis decks, they'll just be attacking with little derpy creatures, and you can just kill a couple of them off, and that's fine, or whatever. Post-board, like, you bring in a Damping Sphere against Underworld Breach. I know I was talking before about, you know, needing to have, like, a Damping Sphere tax in most sideboards because Underworld Breach existed, but it's kind of like Dredge in Modern, right? Where Dredge will just come up every so often and wreck shop. And then people will just pack a bunch of Graveyard Hate for, like, a week, and then Dredge will die again, and then we won't see it again for six months. That's totally fine to have in a format. Dredge has existed for years, and... It keeps getting all these new toys and stuff, but 
it's still just coming and going. It's not sitting at the top tables being untouchable. You know, like these these kind of decks can and should exist in formats, in my opinion. The two card combos, they just slot in too easily. So I don't think they're good for Magic or any format in general, really. Yeah, the engine decks I like. They're the kind of combos that I prefer myself anyway. I don't like the, the two card thing, so I'm obviously biased. But yeah. <clears throat> Do you think Underworld Breach was banned as a hedge against... Oh, we're a banned inverter with a banned with banned Heliod and Kefis combo. Would you say Underworld Breach was just banned flat because of that reason, and um, purely because if it wasn't banned, it would be the best deck in Pioneer? I, mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. The reason for it is, like I said, with with Dredge and stuff, Underworld Breach does really, really well mm. for a while, and then it gets hated out, and then it'll come back, and then it gets hated out, and it's cyclical like that. That's Kind of one of the things that makes modern really, really good, you know, like you could ha- you could buy into two different two completely different decks in modern, one of them being really, really good on any given week. Like I have, I have mono red prowess. It's never bad, you know, there are weeks where it's worse than others, but it's always fine. Yeah, you know? like I have then, Yeah. And then I've got like gift storm, which if there's a lot of graveyard hate, the deck box sits there and gathers dust. Like I don't touch it because I know better. You know, and that that to me is like Gift Storm in Modern is like Underworld Breach in in Pioneer. It can get hated on so, so easily. And if people want to hate it out, they can. Absolutely. Um, But I think that for what it is, it's not as bad as everyone made it out to be. Like it really wasn't. I don't think. Now, I 100% concede the fact that it's likely that Underworld Breach will only get more broken as the format ages. And I get that completely. But until then, I mean, kind of treat it like dig through time, you know, like we're aware that this can be a busted card. So let's be really careful. Mm. But uh, I I thought it would be fine to sort of exist, you know, maybe it'll get unbanned at some point, depending on on what happens. And maybe Lotus feels the problem, Mm. not necessarily Underworld Breach. Who knows? Well, this is the thing. Since Underworld Breach has been banned, there actually has been a RAL-based Lotus Breach deck. Well, yeah. Lotus Field deck. I'll also actually put a list in the show notes for this one too, because I really like it. I never played the Lotus Breach version because I just didn't really like it. It's just not really my style of combo deck. I know I said it, you know, it's an engine deck or whatever, yeah. but I prefer like Storm or that kind of thing. Whereas this is really interesting, but... Not my style of thing, but the, the RAL version is really, really cool because, again, it, it runs the, possibly the next most busted card in Pioneer, which is Dig Through Time. Mm. There's no denying that that's going to be a big player in the, in the format going forward. But it runs loads and loads of untap effects for Lotus Field, kind of like Twiddlestorm in our $100 Modern Color Challenge for Blue, that you get out a couple of lands and then you play Lotus Field. And then you use stuff like Hidden Strings or Pour Over the Pages or Vizier of Tumbling Sands from Total Storm um, to untap this land and cycle through your deck and stuff. And there are a couple of ways to win with this. It has a Ral Storm conduit to do the, like I said earlier, the Ral Storm combo where, you know, you minus two on it. You cast the spell targeting itself with the expansion explosion and it gets yeah. to copy itself and then do infinite ping damage from Ral. Um, you can do that or you could just make an arbitrarily large explosion and just dumb their face and stuff yeah. and this this actually 5-0'd like immediately after the bans like oh, wow. they banned it okay. on monday and then this 5-0'd on like tuesday it was wow. so okay. unbelievably quick because i think what happened was 
people went, oh, ding dong, the witch is dead. Let's pull out our damping spheres from the sideboard. And then just went into, <laughs> went into the things being like, all right, everybody, keep an eye out for Uro. Uro is public enemy number one right now. And then they're there with their Lotus Field being like, lol, tap, untap, tap, untap, yeah. tap, untap, explosion. You know, like, Good game. <laughs> I think that's just what happened. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be busted, but it's still fun. This I have taken this one for a test run and it is very fun. It's very enjoyable. It definitely feels just as easy to disrupt, if not more so, because you don't have the ability to buy everything back with Underworld Breach. But it's still really cool. It's really fun. And it has like Niv-Mizzets in the sideboard, so you can just start machine gunning people with spells. Nice. It's really good. It's really fun. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Uh, And the thing is, this is fully upgraded. The deck is $122, according to MDG Goldfish. For Pioneer, that's bonkers. That's super cheap for Pioneer. That's like half the price of a tier deck, usually. Speaking of combo, though, the, there is one combo that I will be playing, and that is Possibility Storm, because I love that oh, deck. Yeah. I don't often play combo, but I really love the um, that the RNG on it, just the variance on it is just hilarious. And it makes for a good experience at an FNM, because some, someone always comes up going, oh, did you see that really cool Possibility Storm deck? And yeah. it's just like going off, and it's hilarious. But yeah, I'll probably be playing that one, I think, going forward, because... Combo should still be respected, and I do think there is room for it, despite seeing this yeah. loop of bands with like Inverter and so forth. I think that's where I'm going to start. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like a good call. Mm. Um, if I was given the choice for Pioneer what to play now, without any budget, uh, I would probably pick the, the Mono Green Ramp or the Mono Green Planeswalkers deck, because it just goes huge. It just goes over the top of nearly everything in the format. If I wanted to, however, play and without hating myself, I would probably go for the five color Niftalite decks because Oh spicy. Yeah, because like they didn't really do well against the combo decks, but this like now the mid-range is unbanned in Pioneer, mm. which is what everyone is gonna be playing, why not play the biggest mid-range deck? If I if I was put on a budget though, another list that I'll put in the show notes is it was a fan favorite for a good while before the the format turned to degeneracy and that is chonky red yeah did like a good red uh, red mid-range deck it's just Mm. so good what's what's really good about this one the the card quality is just insane like if you look if you look at this list right you start with soulscar mage which you know traditionally is more of an aggressive kind of creature in in red decks but you utilize its ability more than its attacking capability in this deck, you know, to be able to shrink down creatures, to be able to deal with them and, and that kind of thing, because you have so much burn and removal in here. Like you've got four Bone Crusher Giants, so you've got four Stomps. Yeah. You've got four Magma Jet, which is just shocks with upside kind of, you know, to be able to scry into your stuff, into what you need. Um, then four shocks, which if you have the wild slashes, just use those. And then as you go up the curve, like you've got chain whirlers, rabble masters, Hazarek, glory ringer, Chandra, torture defines. Like these are all format defining cards when they were all, all in standard. And turns out if you just jam them all into a deck, they're they're all pretty good. You know, I would say it's still pretty decent to play this now that oops, I I win combos are for the most part non-existent. Yeah. Especially with the fact that if you start stabilizing with this kind of thing against a mid-range deck, particularly like a two or three color one, like the Sultai Delirium decks and stuff, if they're not constantly hitting Euros, you know, they could be hitting quite a few shock lands. And the fact that you've got so much burn in this, you can easily just close the gap. Yeah. That's what I would pick, I think, if I was to just run on into a league now. Just pull out Chunky Red. Like even tour bands are a really good option in Mono Red, in like Chunky Red as well. It's just a way just to, you know punish more damage through um i will say if you've got 
if you can still get a hold of them, which I think you still can. Um, I recommend picking up the Cavalcade Charge Challenger deck, which is the Mono mm. Red Challenger deck, because there is loads of good value and it makes a really good foundation for Mono Red and Pioneer. Because you have stuff like Light Up the Stage, you've got Fervent Champions, which is fine. You've got Four Brain Crusher Giant, which is also good, and Four Tall Bands, which is a mm. really good like foundation to build like a medium red strategy in Pioneer. Um, you also get one Embercleave, yep. which is still ten bucks. So yeah, buy that, sell the Embercleave. Yeah, get some more stuff, get some Chandra's maybe. Yeah, this is it. And well, Chandra's yeah. been reprinted recently because she was in the in her own spellbook, so she's pretty cheap at the moment. Yeah. It's just saying. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think yeah, something along the lines of like mid range in in Pioneer is pretty good. Agro, Agro, I think is is the other loser in this format after combo because obviously the top combo decks were killed but the other decks that were able to hold their own against the combo decks were the aggro decks so like mono black aggro or mono black vampires and that kind of thing and and even mono red but that was because they had in an, an incredibly fast clock or like disruption for the key pieces and stuff now that's still a pretty reasonable game plan regardless mm. But the fact that you're probably going to be going up against a lot of decks that are going to be playing Euros and other two-for-ones, it's probably not going to fare as well, I'd say, at this point Especially in time. Especially with Smuggler's Copter's Band, it's really difficult for Agro to have any sort of game against mid-range. I think if Copter was still in the format, mm. it would be a lot easier. However, I'm going to try Golgari yeah. Agro because I'm a big fan of Rotten Regisaur and Steel Leaf Champions and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Green green Stompy and Green Black Stompy, yeah. They're, yeah. They're I, I really good. like those decks. Because they, they also yeah. pack a lot of removal and disruption, so they can just turn into a sort of mid-range strategy if they wanted to. Um, but you've just mm. got stuff like Rotten Regisaur, which if it manages to swing in once, it's paid itself. Yeah, absolutely. I believe I have one or two lists for Pioneer, actually, for people if they want to try it out. I did a lot of brewing when it came to the ban announcements and stuff. Throwing in the show notes, like I said, I'm going to throw in the rotation-proof Golgari Adventures from Standard. I'm also going to throw in a Norzov Control, mm. which we didn't touch on, but uh, it's really, really sweet. And then in Pioneer, the, the lists that I'm going to leave are the Ral Lotus Breach, or the, the Ral Lotus Field, sorry. And I have a Golgari Delirium list that I was working on as well. So similar to the Sultai Delirium, except much, much, much more affordable. Mm. Um, and you can slowly upgrade it and stuff. You know, it's still got the nice toolbox strategy of Traverse the Ulvenwald and that kind of thing. Um, being able to pull up like Ishkana or Murderous Rider or even Alluris to start recurring a few different things. It's very, very good. It's $150, which is really cheap for a mid-range deck, particularly mm. in, a, in an Eternal format. And then... There's there's another one that I this is a little favorite of mine. I it's going to sound weird, but back when I started playing in modern, I sold my Scred Red deck in order to buy <gasps> Eldrazi and Taxes. I mean, that seems pretty good. And yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And it, the Eldrazi and Taxes is the deck that taught me how to be a half decent player. Yeah, it's, it's really intricate. That's it. Like your, your your creatures are worse on par than nearly every other deck, so you need to leverage your ability to make it work. Mm. In a similar kind of vein, I made a mono white mid range Eldrazi kind of build that 
uses some similar elements. So it still has the Thought Not series and the Reality Smashers at the top end. You have Declarations and Stone and, and Cast Outs and all that kind of stuff. But you also have the Eldrazi Displacers. Ooh, I love that. So that you can flicker stuff with Enter the Battlefield abilities. So you've got like little aggressive things like the Knight of White Orchid and Mardu Woe Reaper. So it's Savannah Lions, but when it enters the battlefield, you can exile a creature from a graveyard so you can snipe those arrows. Mm. Um, and then it has like Phyrexian Revokers and stuff as well to like shut off Planeswalkers or activated abilities and stuff. But uh, because it runs things that require colorless, it means that you can run a load of utility lands like Blast Zone and Field of Ruin and even Scavenger Grounds, yeah. which is pretty sweet. I've been playing around with it. It's, I wouldn't say it's high tier, but it's high fun. Yeah, so that's the main thing. I'll, I'll, include it, I'll include a list for people to check out as well. But I think that kind of rounds it up on the the overall news when it comes to the bands. Yes. Um, except actually, what is this going to do in terms of budget magic? In terms of budget, I think it means people can kind of play what they want to play and not feel discouraged mm. that, oh, you know, I'm in a league and, oh, look, I'm up against five inverter decks in a row where my deck is absolutely yeah. terrible against inverter. Um, it's kind of a feel bad. It kind of, I think for me, it feels like Pioneer's just gone through a soft reset where we're we're yeah. back at the start, going, oh cool, we can we can yeah. kind of play what we want, throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks, that kind of thing. And I think mm. for budget, it's quite good because monocolor decks are really prevalent in Pioneer and they're all pretty cheap. Stuff like mono black aggro yeah. and mono red, and even like mono green stompy can be done on a budget as well. Oh for sure. So. I think it's a good time to get into Pioneer again now if you want to play on Magic Online or, you know, you can't really play on paper because of COVID. But, yeah, it yeah. just seems a really good point. And I'm really excited because it means I get to write about Pioneer again and not feel like it's a yeah. waste of my time, which is great news. You and me both. I'm looking forward to it. I could like, here's a sweet deck. Oh, it doesn't beat Inver. Okay, cool. Next. One thing I would say as well, if, if at any point you were considering picking up Teferi time raveler or walking ballista now is a really good yes. time to do it granted it does mean that there's one less format that you can play them in but they're still good if you wanted to pick them up for modern or anything now is uh now is a i would time. focus on walking ballista more than teferi i think purely because it's yeah. got more application in more decks so it's in like devoted druid eldrazi tron mm. mono green tron it's just got a bit more application although it's probably still gonna be like at the 10 15 dollar mark which can be quite expensive because often you'd want to run four. It has been reprinted yeah. in Double Masters recently as well, which hopefully will plummet that price as well because I, I expect everyone's just going to open loads of Double Masters. So hopefully it will just, the circulation will just decrease the price massively. Yeah. And thankfully, Mono Blue Tron only ever runs one or two. Oh, that's so. good. I, I like Mono Blue Tron <laughs> because you can just draft it in Double Masters and you have a modern deck. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, actually. Minus yeah. the mind slaver. I think you're pretty good to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to round this off, then, I think we're going to do a little Q&A. Ooh. Yeah. First Q&A. First Q&A. We put up on Twitter there a few days ago asking if there's anything that you want to ask us about the bands or stuff in general. We got a, we got a couple of questions. Uh, do you want to start off with the first yes. one there? So our first question comes from Big B. 44100 and they ask how do you all feel about growth spiral it's not seen in any other formats can it shine in anything else and i'm guessing this is implying pioneer and modern it's an interesting question because it's often seen as a standard exclusive card however i have seen it in like fringes in modern like saltire reclamation 
which was a which was a deck for like a hot minute when Reclamation was out in Ravnica Allegiance. And um, it might be on the rise again actually because people are just like, I have these wilderness reclamations, I don't know what to do with them, so I'm just gonna play them in Pioneer and Modern. But yeah, I can mm. I can I've seen it in Modern, but I'm not too sure about Pioneer and you know, because there's just better ramp spells at the moment in those in these slightly older formats. Well, yes. However, funnily enough, despite the fact that Wilderness Reclamation was banned in Standard and Historic, surprise, surprise, guess where it showed up next? Pioneer. Yeah. So there was a 5-0 list from a couple of days ago on Magic Online and it's Simic Reclamation. It does run the Wilderness Reclamation. It runs the four growth spiral huh. to help you get to Wilderness Reclamation on turn three, which is quite nice. And surprise, surprise, it's Simic. It's running Uro. But uh, it's also running four Shark Typhoon. Uh, it's running Sublime Epiphany. Ooh. And then just a bunch of other counter spells and card draw spells. And one of my favorite cards of all time, Torrential Gear. Nice. Oh, that seems really good in a Reclamation deck. That's like a really good win condition. I have to ask, have you ever cast torrential gear hulk flashing back a sublime epiphany no but it sounds fantastic that's like an achievement unlocked in magic right you just do everything twice yeah so what you can do if you have a sublime epiphany in the bin and you cast a torrential gear hulk you target the sublime epiphany make a copy of your gear hulk draw a card and then bounce your gear hulk back to hand so you can do it again with a different spell that is gross but then also get an etb trigger on the copy of the gear hulk to get another spell it's gross and disgusting and i love that it. that is fantastic it's so that's good. smart it's so good also pick up sublime epiphanies while you can by the yeah. way they're like two or three dollars yeah. and they are nutso they are nutso absolutely and sliding from constructive magic for a second they will be a staple in mm-hmm. blue commander decks going forward so it's good to have a couple for oh, yeah. commander yeah. It will be expensive at some point. It's not cryptic command. It does a lot more than that. But in, in commander, it's going to see a lot of application. Could I fit one of these into Mono Blue Tron, maybe? Yes. I, I mean, mm. I, would, I would try it. Like, you might not see it much because it is a one-off. But just imagine just when you have it and you have all this money, just like... Saying that, though, you could probably put a Torrential Gearhulk in Mono Blue Tron and it would be absolutely reasonable. You talk as if I don't already have one in there to be picked up by my treasure mage. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> So yes, uh, when, it, when it comes to Growth Spiral, yeah, I, I think it could definitely see play. You will see it more in Historic, I think, especially until Field of the Dead is banned. Yeah. Generally speaking, I think if you're going to be playing Historic, just start with four Growth Spiral, four Explorer, four Field of the Dead, go. It's, it's even a common, which means that it could see play in Pauper. Sure. And with that said, Explorer doesn't really see play in Pauper, despite also being a common. But eh, there could be space for it. It really depends on what you want to ramp into more than anything really and in a lot of the formats you don't really necessarily need to use it to ramp into stuff like i know people were like talking about you know oh, a band growth spiral it's a busted card and so on on, on its own it's not mm. it's it's this it's the circumstance in which it's in whether it's busted or not you know and i think i think pioneer is the place that it will see the most play yeah. and i think it will definitely see play at least as long as the likes of Vero and stuff still exist in wilderness reclamation they pretty much go hand in hand I don't expect it to run roughshod all over the forum no. or anything like that. It's kind of interesting that you could just take Reclamation in Standard and just go, yep, it's a Pioneer deck, and just run with it, and probably still do pretty well. Yeah, for sure. So the next question is one that you're quite passionate about, Scott. Mm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this one because yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, know, I know them personally. Fennelly64 
also known on my stream as Nate Finley. He ended up, he's from America. He came over to Ireland on holiday and I became friends with him. When he came over, he didn't know where I lived. And he told me that he was in Dublin and mm. he was visiting and he was like, you know, if at any point, you know, no, no pressure or hassle or anything. If ever you do want to meet up because we're friends now, you can. And he gave me where he was staying and it is literally around the corner. From <laughs> no way. Like, about 30 meters walk was the, wow. was the Airbnb that he got for the trip. So I was like, uh, I'll be around in 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and he came over one day and uh, streamed. And then we went and got a traditional Irish fish and chips. Nice. And had a great old time. Drank some Guinness. It was good. It was good. Irish things. Yes. Good old Irish things. But we apparently need to talk about Euro not being banned. Um, <sighs> well, I don't think I'm going to, to be frank here. All I'm going to say is give it time. Yeah, it's it's definitely a case of when rather than if. The, the I end. think I think when and where rather than yeah, if, yeah, definitely. Like I think there's a good chance that it's probably going to be unless the next few sets are going to be egregious. I think it's going to be fine in standard until it rotates. Not enjoyable, but fine. Um, I think in the likes of modern or pioneer, we're going to see a. Lot so here's of a it. better question: Do you think Uro will get banned at, in some format this year? This year. You know what? I think it's very safe to say yes, okay. because we're we're just over halfway through this year and it has felt like five years. So you're kind of asking me if it's going to get banned in the next five years. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. I'll, ta- I'll take okay. my chances. It's on record, guys. <laughs> <laughs> next up, we've got one of our patrons. Yes, here. Uh, Angelo, also known as the Jess guy on Twitter. It's more, it's not really a question that we can help with. It was just, it's a pity question, I guess. They asked, can I get a hug because of mm-hmm. the banning of a great blue-white card? And what he means by great and blue-white is Teferi Time Rabbler, which is, you know, questionable because great is subjective in this case. But yes, you can get a hug, Angelo, because I imagine a card that you enjoy gets banned is a bit sucky. Well, we've, all, we've all kind of been there, right? You're, like you've been there with Faithless Looting. Um, I've been there with mm-hmm. Michael Simplatis turn sixing people. Mm-hmm. Well, Angelo, the Jess guy, yes, you can get a hug, but not because of the banning of a great blue white card. I'm sorry, but we just do not negotiate with Teferi apologists, I'm afraid. But you can get a hug. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and our last question comes from Ozzy Ozzy on Twitter. And they mm-hmm. ask, we kind of covered this earlier, but we'll talk about it briefly again. They want to know what the hell the metagame is going to look like now the three best decks are pretty much dead. And this is in regards to Pioneer. Also, they ask if Siege Rhino is good again. Well, it's a rhetorical question because Siege Rhino is always good and always in our hearts. And you should always play Siege Rhino while you can. I'm going to die on this hill, Scott. Siege Rhinos or not? It's a weird hill to die on, but at least you're dead. Uh, no, to be honest, to be honest, I actually think Siege Rhino is probably going to be fine. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. It contains black in its costs and Thoughtseize is still going to be good and Eliminate is still going to be good. And you've got all sorts of things. You can, if you really, really hate Uro and want to just make a point of not having Uro in your deck, but still want to play a mid-range deck, just cut the blue out of Delirium decks and just run Abzan. Just run exactly the same thing, except also just have Siege Rhinos and stuff in it instead. And that's probably fine. I mean, like, you still have two-thirds minimum of the other deck, which is rumored to be one of the best decks now. So it's hard to make the mistakes with that, even if it turns out that Siege Rhino is not going to be good, which 
as much as I don't like admitting that Siege Rhino is good, I'm not saying it's going to be like top tier or anything like that, but like I wouldn't be embarrassed to play a Siege Rhino in Pioneer anymore. When when Inverter and Breach and stuff is there and you're like, oh, Siege Rhino, haha, go. And they're like, combo, I win. Then then that's 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 embarrassing. That's just really bad. But now, I mean, yeah, like there are very few like oops i win decks so if you're talking about running to the top te- top tables of uh of ptqs or something like that then no absolutely not but the both of us are very firmly of the opinion that if you know the format and you know the decks and you know your own deck inside out yeah anything can be good you can you can run over an F- fnm with whatever you want like even merfolk in in a modern fnm yeah absolutely yeah. also it's never embarrassing to play seed rhino never as someone who <laughs> again i'm gonna die on this hill <laughs> that's fine you can you can die on this hill but um there there have been there have been many times when friends of mine have gone seed rhino haha pass and then they've just died to me comboing off to something you know it has its moments it's not universally good and i know you're gonna die in the cell we're gonna go in loops on this i guess maybe it. there's a sweet build where you run like charming prince and seed rhinos and just flick a load of seed rhinos abs and flicker maybe yeah or maybe you could do modern soul herder and go four color three color with soul herder and siege rhino oh god i'm gonna make this happen like it or not don't let your memes be dreams guys thank you for listening to the bm cast if you have any questions comments or sweet brews you can email us at budgetmagicast at gmail.com you can follow us at the BMCast on Twitter, search for Budget Magic Cast on SoundCloud, and support us over at patreon.com forward slash budget magic cast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck.